morning. I just want to record this as well and share a short message with us to encourage us in the midst of times we're at now. And uh, as I say, it's not ideal. It's not the same as, you know, being together and worshiping. I think we've tasted again of what it is to be together. I think the, the tables that we've had, that we've met at around over the last uh, two weeks, it's only, I've only received positive feedback from uh, these connection points of hearing people's hearts and hearing where we are together. And uh, we will continue that. And I'll share during the week more and more how we will facilitate that functionally and uh, practically just to ensure that we all kind of keep momentum going with regards to stuff. And uh, just to give you some highlights with stuff, I've been chatting to a few people this last week, um, particularly uh, Steve Swart, who is a uh, you know, member of parliament who you know, joins us at the Bay, and also Andres van Heerden, who's a prophetic guy that's been at the Bay quite a few times you know, over the years. And I just chatted to these two guys to we- this week. And I-, I want you to know, like a guy like Steve, who's a member of parliament, who serves the people, who's fighting for, you know, the church and the rights that we have now, just gave me some context to, you know, what they are fighting for, what they are believing for, what they are, you know, speaking to parliament, speaking to government, speaking to things about in to see this this place of religion and religious freedom for us. You know, he, he gave me some highlights of some stuff, you know, and, and this is the, the point of just, you know, ignoring government, going, oh, well, we're going to do it anyway. You know, up in, in Joburg, there was a church where they, they had gathered and they were unhappy with it. And the police had arrived and they used firing. They shot, I assume, rubber bullets to disperse a crowd from a church meeting because the metro were not happy with these people that had gathered. But yet down the road the, on Youth Day on the 16th of June, a political party gathers people and there are far more than 100 people outside. And there's no political interference or uh, any interference from the police force at all. And the irregularities are so stark, which is forcing us as the people of God not to become arrogant, not to become all, you know, we've got all the answers and we're not going to abide to government stuff. We've, we've got to stand together as United Fronts and United Force. You know, he's saying hearing reports of pastors that are suicidal in their thinking because they've essentially lost their churches over this time. You know, and there's different reasons for that, I'm sure. But the pressure that people are under in this season and just to hear him speaking for and behalf of us and, uh, you know, just in chatting to him, we've got to take heed and hold on to that. There are people standing for us. Talking to Andres van Heerden, who's a real prophetic guy that we acknowledge this last week, he was saying also obviously the pressures and how things play out like this. They've also faced a lot of challenges in their community. But he was, you know, the big thing is like we've got to understand the times we live in. That's the most important in this era now of like not just being ignorant to like, oh, well, we just kind of and like I say, denial and just, you know, all the different emotions that we feel. He was saying, you know, when we likened it to, you know, the death of Jesus on the cross. When, when Jesus died on that cross, there was incredible uh, miracles that took place. It, you know, people jumped out of graves and people came, you know, came back to life again at his death and the things that took place. But there was three days of silence and three days of darkness. And then Jesus rose again. And then again, there were miracles and there was great outpourings that poured out far more than at the place of his death. And he just likened it to the reality of, of, you know, what we are facing. It's almost like the church is going to walk through this dark and in a way hidden season for three years. And after this three-year period, we are going to see an unprecedented move of God that is going to roll out across the nations of the world. Now, we've got to see that with faith. 
We've got to open the eyes of our heart and our understanding to believe those things and to see now we're only a year and a half in. If we think about the realities of what we're facing here, you know, so we've got a road to walk out ahead of us, which isn't going to be necessarily easy. It's, it's challenging. We don't want to be doing church on a Sunday morning on Zoom. You know, we, we, we want to be able to gather and worship together, but we've got to hold out. We've got to stand firm and stand strong in these times. And we can't make our decisions based on our emotions. We've got to bypass the, the emotion that's frustrated and just angry with stuff. And we've just got to keep pursuing I mean, this last week, just how are we going to do church, the tussle of walking it out and all the different ideas that we had, you know, the op- options are limited, which makes it really challenging. But here we are still going and we're doing our best in this. And we don't gather and we don't have to do a Zoom meeting because, you know, we need to do church. No, no, we gather because we want our hearts to be united. We want to be a force, a front that says, no, we will stand together in the midst of all these things. This is the point of of Ephesians 3.10, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This people are not backing down. And that's just a, a preamble to where we're at right now. And we're not a fragmented people. We're not dispersed and kind of stuff. We are united, one in heart and one in mind. And, you know, I just want to share a short message here this morning on stuff that I've just been working with in myself. You know, my daily readings of you know, I started a fresh 365 pattern of reading through the Bible. And um, I just this last week realized that every point that I'm reading, I'm reading about Abraham, I'm reading about Esther, I'm reading about Jesus and his final kind of times. Then I'm reading about Paul and I'm thinking, you know, not one of those people's moments and stories are without troubles. <laughs> They're all full of troubles and full of challenges and not one of them was without that. And I'm like, well, that's so true. Like we all, we all face these things. And we're in a kind of season like that now, facing troubles and opposition and, and hardships. We're not, we're not on our own with this. We've got forefathers that have run ahead of us that walk in the same realities together. But, you know, as a, in the season we're in, as a leader, you know, of a church community and just thinking about stuff, the place we were at and how we serve our people and how we keep going forward and, you know, are we doing something wrong? Must we do right? You know, there's challenges with finances and how we play these things out. So you ask questions in your heart and you're like, God, like, are we, are we blessed? Are we walking in the blessing? Are we walking in the favor of God? We can just say yes, but we want to know that, you know, in the depths of our hearts and stuff, you know, you know, and in the depths of our hearts that we know, you know, that we are walking with the things of God. And that's, that's a question. We have, we have questions that we ask all the time. You know, and that's those are things that happen in our hearts. But um, we've also been modeled the type of Christianity that says you you beat down the doors of heaven. But uh, uh, you know, what do we do? Do we have to do we have to push harder? Do we have to try harder? Do we have to do more for God to bless us? Do we have to kind of you know that song that comes to mind? Knock knock knocking on heaven's door. You know, that's all related. Some people know that one and stuff. But do we have to push harder? Do we have to be more desperate? Do we have to kind of like, God, come on, bless me, bless me, pour it out to us, you know? And we have to show this intense, like, um, you know, that uh, um, intercessive face that's intense and like, God will bless me and we try harder and we try harder. Is that, real? is that really what God is asking for us? You know, are we not showing enough desperation for God to bless us and God to pour us? And, you know, we end up pleading with God and kind of saying, God, come on, you know, you need to pour it out to us. So I ask myself that question, like, if you go through the Bible, who was desperate in the Bible? 
who was who was who was pushing the things of God and asking of him to kind of pour these things out to him. And I really I thought about, you know, many kind of folks. I thought about, you know, Abraham. Abraham bargained with God over a few righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God kind of shifted and worked with him. You know, they've got Moses on Mount Sinai crying out for mercy to God for the people of God. But was this desperation for God to do something? No, it was humbly positioning himself before God, crying out for the people. Then I thought of the prayer of Jabez. You know, it's a great prayer. You know, 1 Chronicles 4, where he says, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I might not bring, so that it might not, might not bring me pain and grant, God granted what he asked. But I don't pick up desperation there. I don't pick up his forcing and knocking on heaven's door to pour out. You know, you see David's position. After all that he had done wrong, he's crying out to God for a pure heart and create a clean heart in me, a pure spirit within me. Oh God, a right spirit within me. He's just setting himself right with God. You've got the, the persistent widow that just, you know, pursued. And there was something about, uh, you know, asking for justice regards to adversary. And then how the disciples were praying that Peter would be, you know, rescued from prison or let go of prison after James had been killed. And like, they are different points. And I thought, well, they're not really desperate. They just, they're just asking of God in that kind of place. Then I thought, ah, I've got the one. I know. And I thought of Jacob and Jacob's wrestle with the, with God. And like, yeah, that was it. Because I want to read that passage to myself. I've got it. Like he wouldn't let go until God blessed him. Yes, that's where it is. Desperation. We need to do what Jacob did. And we need to kind of be knocking and pushing and saying, God, I won't let go until you bless me. And I was going to read that portion. Genesis 32, 22. And it says, and Jacob was left alone. So at that point, his whole family had crossed over the, the Yakob River, it's called. And uh, he stayed on this side of the river. And he positioned himself, you know, of what he wanted to do with God. And it says from verse 22, And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said to him, Let go, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God, with men, and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So I was like, yeah, that's right. There's the point. We need to be like Jacob. Until God blesses me, I'm not going to let go. And I'm going to fight hard for these things. And we're going to knock on heaven's door. We're going to plunder the things. And we're going to push hard for that stuff. It was That was his true cry of desperation. But then I actually just been reading through Genesis. And I, it's it's fresh Jacob's story. And I understood like why he was desperate for a blessing from God. Why he wrestled all night. And in different commentaries, they'll say, you know, it was the angel, but it represented God that he was wrestling with at that point. Okay. So the blessing from God was going to be true and pure. The blessing from God was going to bring him honor and a long lasting life to kind of walk in favor. Why was he so desperate for this blessing to be poured out to him? And then if you take a look and you look back in Jacob's life and we can't divorce, you know, all of us have got, 
memories. If we are in our 50s and 60s, even uh, the young age of 40s that I'm in right now with a few of us here, (laughs) we've all got memories in our lives, some that we're not happy about, but it's our life story. We now live in the fullness of God. And yes, God, we ask him to bless us. But if you look at Jacob's life, it started right in his point where his mother was giving birth. He was holding onto the heel of his brother Esau that first came out of the womb. And he was holding onto him on his ankle. Here's the thing with Jacob. He stole his brother's birthright. He conned Esau into over a, a, some lentil food, selling him his birthright, meaning being the firstborn receives all the inheritance. And he de- deceived his brother and stole through manipulation his brother's first and his uh, brother's birthrights and in deception he stole his brother's blessing from his father isaac that was meant for uh, more for esau but he deceptively through manipulation stole the blessing and then from that he lived out of fear of his brother esau and now you look at and think he's so desperate for god to bless him because through his whole life he has manipulated and through deceiving he has pursued and got blessing from a way that wasn't pure that's why he was desperate for god to bless him so because he wanted the pure and the right blessing of god you see and the reality is the reason he wrestled was he wanted the legitimate blessing he didn't want blessing that was stolen he didn't want blessing that was manipulated for so he was fighting for righting the wrong that's what was playing out there He knew the genuine blessing came from Almighty God, not through manipulation and deceptive measures. And that desperation that he said, I'm not letting go until you bless me, was the encounter that he had with the Almighty God, that he feels the pleasure of God in his life. Now, let's look at our own lives. We've all been desperate at times for God to move. Desperate, say, God, we need to hear you. You need to break through for us. You You need to do this. You need to pour out for us. You see, now wrestle with God in these trying times that we're having now, all the questions, all you know, businesses that maybe have struggled, people that have lost jobs, the people have lost family members, the pressures we're under, all the realities, and, and saying, well, God, what must we do for you to bless us? You know, are, are we needing to do more? You see, but for us, when our, our wrestle with God, as we understand these times, we know that blessing is a given. It's not something we have to desperately fight for. And I want to make that clear in these times. The blessing from God is a given. Because of the, 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 the dispensation we live in now, what Jesus has done for us, we are blessed. And that's our standpoint, okay? The point of wrestling with God is that you are positioning yourself in right standing with God. You know, if you look at how David and, and the quality, the, the purpose of wrestle is that you are not in a place where you don't have clean hands and pure heart. Your wrestle is that you are with clean hands and a pure heart before the Almighty God, so that you are in right standing with Him. That's the desperation of like, God, pour your mercy out. It's poured on Jesus, but that I stand in right standing with you, not that you would bless me because the blessings are given. See, the desperation, as I say, is not that He would bless us, knowing we are sons and daughters. My kids don't beg of me to show them love and blessing. I mean, Ella, I picked her up from youth on Friday nights and, and stuff. And, and I went and got her something special. And I said, you know, love, I love buying you special things. Not because I have to, because I love you. I want to bless you. I want you to do something nice and kind for her. That's a given, folks, as sons and daughters of the Almighty God. Okay, And the desperation that we have is that we truly 
encounter God. The desperation that we have is that we are in right standing with the Almighty God. The desperation that we have is that we are marked by the Almighty God. Not desperate that, oh God, please bless me. We are not paupers. We are not orphans. We are sons and daughters. And blessing is a given. That's what we can stand today. So yeah, what are we actually wrestling with? What do we wrestle with today? And here's the point. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's what we're wrestling with today. Blessing is a given, folks. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, so as we navigate this tough season we're walking through now, and again, this adjustment of stuff, which is so frustrating because we were just having such great times meeting together again, we take confidence that our Father's heart is wanting to bless us. We stand firm in knowing all the evil around us, being aware that governments have been manipulated and persuaded by evil forces to operate in the way that they have done. And we're not blaming specific governments, but we can see the spirit of Antichrist operating through the nations of the world in this time and this hour. It's the agents of darkness. And what do we do as the people of God? We stand up to this fight. This is what we wrestle against. Not against the name of the person, but against the forces that are trying to control themselves, to control nations, to control people, to control situations. And let's look at COVID. COVID is not from God. This is an evil force that has come against the nations of the world that we need to arise in our hearts to say no more. We stand up to it, not with fear, but with wisdom about God wants to do in and through his people. And we hold our place with firmness, knowing the season of hiddenness, knowing that it's not the way we would want it to be. But God is preparing us. God is doing something in our hearts, positioning us for a time where he's going to pour out his spirit in power. And a verse I'm going to share a little bit later or another time regards this about the fear of the Lord. You know, in Psalm 110, it speaks about that in the day of his power, his people will be willing in the day of his power. How powerful is that? There will be this yes in our hearts as he pours out his spirit and he avenges the enemy. He avenges those that have turned their faces and refused to acknowledge him as king, as Messiah. That's what we stand against. That's what we wrestle against, flesh and blood. And we are a united front, a united force that stands together. And knowing that God is about a good work. Okay, so with patience and resilience and a robustness as the people of God, we stand firm and we hold our place in what he's doing for us. Amen. 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 So I want to just pray over us this morning that as sons and daughters, okay, we don't wrestle for blessing. We, we know we are blessed. We wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against spirits, principalities and powers and rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And that's where our fight comes in as individuals, where the enemy wants to destroy you. But as, the, as church, as the ecclesia that are rising in this hour, we don't allow doubt to fall into our hearts and minds. We don't allow fear. We don't allow all the consequences and all the realities of what the world are telling us. We arise as the ecclesia, as the people of God. I'm just going to pray over us. Then I'm going to hand over to the elders if they want to just share anything of encouragement with you guys. And then uh, we'll leave it at that. So let's just open our hearts as we pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your blessing that's poured over our hearts. Jesus, we acknowledge you for everything that you've done for us. 
given us this position and place now as sons and daughters, heirs to the throne of the Almighty. We are no longer orphans. We are no longer paupers begging and asking of you to pour out. Father, the desperation in our hearts is that we live our lives pure and holy before you. That we position ourselves not in a place of just ignorance of, of, of all that we walk through. We want to be in right standing. We want our hearts to be right before you. We pray that you would continue pouring out your blessing upon our lives. I speak blessing over everybody from the Bay City Church, that we might know his favor upon our hearts and lives. The season that we're walking to as the people of God is unprecedented in all it's going to be. But we hold out in this time of hiddenness and darkness, and we stand firm on the truth of your word to us. And we acknowledge your power and your glory to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. amen. I'm just going to open up to the elders if they want to share anything. And uh, any one of you. Ad Anton, he's got his hand up. Go for it, bro. <laughs> just unmute yourself here. Hi, morning, everybody. Uh, thanks, Sheldon. Uh, I, I, we had a... Um, a, a Scripture said by Joe, who is, I think Joe's in Job at the moment, and said a scripture of encouragement, encouragement from Galatians about not not stop doing good or growing weary and doing good um, and losing heart. And as I read that word, it, it resonated with me, and it led me to another passage of Paul where he talks about losing heart, but he uses a different word in, in this passage, and, uh, and I think it's so so applicable for where I believe, well, where I am and where I believe we find ourselves in this uh, in this time as a community because Paul writes about this stuff so explicitly in 2 Corinthians 4 and I, I want to encourage you guys to go and read 2 Corinthians 4 and when you read 2 Corinthians 4, just consider maybe Paul was in lockdown, right? Maybe Paul was in a pandemic because what he writes there is just so empathetic to what we are experiencing. It's just so sincere in terms of what we are all experiencing at some level. And he starts this, um, this, this uh, chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, he starts it with, with, the, with the verse, where is it if I can find it? He starts it with a verse saying, therefore, since God's mercy through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. So he starts it by saying, we do not lose heart. Okay? But then he's going to tell them and help them to understand what that means and what that is like, losing heart. And I, I, I'm going to take the opportunity here to say to you first that um, I'm not going to swear now. I'm going to talk Greek. So forget that I'm Afrikaans, but here's what this word heart is in the Greek, okay? And it's the word ekakeo, but if you break it up, it says this is how you pronounce it, okay? It pronounced like this, ak, kak, e, o, okay? Ak, kak, it's there, it's there, ak, kak, e, o, okay? Now... Make of that what you want, but I think that kind of sums up the situation that we find ourselves, okay? And here's the beautiful thing what Paul does with that word, okay? This is what it literally means. 
And I want to read this for you guys. The word ekakeo means this. Probably, pro properly, to be negatively influenced by the outcome of experiencing inner weariness. So what he's saying is, the outcome of inner weariness is, is physical. There's a physicalness. It's our words, it's our bodies, it's our minds, it's our thinking, we're tired, we're frustrated. He says that is the inner weariness. And what he's saying is, let's not get negatively influenced by ourselves, by what we feel, by what we experience. And then, then he goes on through the whole chapter and he starts about, <coughs> if you, if you, if you, you must, he talks about, this chapter is where he talks about, uh, we have these treasures in jars of clay. It's the same chapter. Yeah. yeah. So he's saying that we are jars of clay, fragile, full of cracks, can easily break, but inside we have these treasures. Mm. He further goes on, and this is where he says, we are crushed down but not destroyed. Hard pressed, perplexed, but not cast out or whatever. Cast down. It's the same chapter. So he's acknowledging that it's tough. He's acknowledging that it's hard. He's acknowledging um, that it's not easy. And then he goes on, and I just want to get there to um, verse 16. But not crushed, yeah. perplexed, in other words, confused, but not in despair. Yes, it must be their kids. Yeah. Persecuted, <laughs> but not abandoned. Come on. Struck down or locked down, but not destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> we always carry around our body the, the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Yeah. Now he's talking about our physical body. Yeah. He's, very, he's not talking mm. a, you know, some spiritual kind of thing here. He's talking about physically what we feel. And then at verse 16, he says this. After all of this, he says again, Therefore, mm. we, do we not don't ekakeo. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get negative <laughs> because he's reminding them that we are not just a physical being. Yeah. We are spiritual beings. Yeah, come on, bro. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, I, I'm just so encouraged that Paul is just so understanding and so in touch with what we feel our bodies our physical bodies our emotions our weariness our fatigue our frustrations um he's just so in touch with that and it's so beautiful um and and in all of that he says yet we do not get negatively influenced by everything we feel and experience because inside is a spirit that's being renewed day by day by day. Amen. And he's calling us to the reminder that we are spiritual beings 
And we have the spirit of Christ in us that is doing and, and working a spiritual work that is going to be revealed in the future and it's going to be greater than anything we have lost. And so it's just an encouragement from Paul 2,000 years ago in his lockdown to our 2,000 years later and our frustrations to remind us, let's not at all. Uh -uh. All right. Thanks, Anton. Bless.